You are now listening to Hack My Age, the show that brings you guests with information on how to make yourself hard to kill and help you live to 100 and beyond in good condition. I'm your host, Zora Benamou, a digital nomad currently stuck in Spain, certified sports nutrition coach and master student of gerontology at USC. I am the creator of the Longevity Master Plan, an online program to slow aging and author of the cookbook, Eating for Longevity. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review to help others find us too. This episode is sponsored by Primadine, a supplement that if I had to choose only one, it would pretty much be this one. It's because Primadine is spermidine, and this has been shown to activate autophagy, which is super important, and it's basically a cellular cleanup and recycling process that declines as we age. When we get older, our cells accumulate a lot of junk and a lot of waste, and this isn't really great for us, so we need to clean it up. So if you want some research, go to primadine.com, and you can see all of it supporting cognitive health and heart health, hormone balancing, and long and strong hair, nails, and eyelashes by using spermidine. So another very important reason why I love primidine in particular so much is that I've never had received ever as much feedback about a product as I have with primidine. Literally several times a week, someone reaches out to me on Facebook or Instagram with an amazing testimonial. And most of the time it's about improved sleep. So I can honestly say that I can 100% be convinced now that primidine is the best spermidine supplement you'll ever find. And you can try it with a 15% discount by using the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, on primadine.com. And that's P-R-I-M-E-A-D-I-N-E.com. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to the Zoom meeting. For the next 30 minutes, we are talking about how to use Ayurveda, the world's oldest holistic healing system to lower inflammation with stress management coach, Neelam Harjani. Neelam is the founder of Inspire Yoga in Hong Kong in 2011. As the author of Secrets to Live Stress-Free, her vision to create self-awareness as a starting point for balance has been well-received by business executives and high-performing corporations. Previously an investment banker herself, she structures her mind-body paradigms with science and her own experience, taking an integrative approach of yoga and mindfulness for modern-day application. She's been awarded by the Hong Kong government to counsel statutory and advisory bodies in wellness, empowerment, and inclusion. And if you didn't know, the day I met Neelam when I was living in Hong Kong, we decided to create a conference on the pillars of aging and we called it Inspire Wellness. And we had hundreds of participants on the very first try. It was a lot of work, but totally well worth it. And it will make a, it made a mark as leaders of the health and wellness community in Hong Kong. So now without further ado, let's meet Neelam. Hi. Mm -hmm. Hi, Zora. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to reconnect with you. I remember that series of talks that we put together like it was yesterday. Yeah, it was a great idea. I and mean, we just clicked the first day. So I'm so glad it was fate that we met. Yeah. 
It's just instant. Yeah. <laughs> so um, ever since I left um, and that's um, passed, you have been working really hard um, because there's obviously you've been working in the health and wellness um, industry for a long time in Hong Kong. But um, the stress levels I imagine in Hong Kong are pretty high right now. And it's high globally. So I think what mm. you have to say and what you have to share is going to be applicable for pretty much every other person in the world. So what, what do you see? What changes have you seen in the last couple of years in terms of stress in, in your practice? Yeah, I mean, I feel, you know, having lived in Hong Kong almost my whole life, I have just almost seen the frenetic pace of life here and how people have a coping mechanism where they're kind of repressing or bottling down the stress until they kind of get to a burnout phase. Mm -hmm. um, but now combining that, just the pace of life of, you know, modern day lifestyles with this looming uncertainty, mm -hmm. it's really, we're really tapping into the amygdala now, you know, we're really tapping into the fear center because we honestly don't know how this pandemic is going to end, how it's going to roll out. Um, I guess over, over here in Hong Kong, you know, moving from working in the offices to working at home, kids homeschooling, you know, in tiny apartments, it also has a, a compounding effect in terms of just not having that space to, uh, to have for yourself, to disconnect as well. So that's something that I've been really trying to work on in, and helping people sculpt that time for themselves. And it doesn't have to be environmental. It's really from your mindset of mm -hmm. giving yourself that intention that mm -hmm. this is my time and I'm going to choose, you know, how I spend it. And if I'm up here, if I'm, you know, always on go, 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 then I'm going to use that time to kind of bring down my baseline so that I can feel more sustainable rather than hit 7 p.m. and be burnt out from the day, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely what I've seen in terms of stress. It's, there's been a huge push towards even mental health awareness because people are going through so much um, and perhaps there's not even as much of an avenue to kind of share because we're all going through it together, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so I feel that in doing that, we've really kind of come to this precipice where people are, are open now to concepts like mindfulness, to mm -hmm. concepts like meditation and breath work, because it's instantaneous where they see the, the result. Um, and also, you know, when you're in a corner, you're, you're open to trying anything, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the stigma around it, oh, it's really new age or, um, it's not going to work has they've started it started to melt away and people are starting to see it much more mainstream and acceptable mm -hmm. so what i've really started to do is bring in that mind body connection cuz what happens is that we're we're running 100 miles an hour in our head you know mm -hmm. and it's exacerbated by technology we're on our computer working what are we doing when we we want some entertainment be on our computer watching netflix like whatever yeah. it is it's 
the, our realities through the screen mm -hmm. and what's happening to our bodies. You know, we're so static, we're so stationary. And so what, what's happening is we're polarizing the mind and the body. We're polarizing um, the pace in which we're thinking and the pace in which we're moving. Mm. So, um, so what we're trying to do at Inspire Yoga is really bring it back to harmony again. Give yourself permission to kind of slow down in the mind and, and just be present to your body. Well, what kind of uh, problems are you seeing manifesting with the stress? What do you see with your clients or what do you see in general in the news in Hong Kong? Or what is the problem with stress? What, what is it bringing? Well, definitely like a spike in anxiety. There's definitely a big, you know, focal point about mental health. Mm -hmm. um, another in terms of, um, I've seen a lot of clients come to me with panic attacks mm -hmm. and um, just a sense of feeling a sense of powerlessness too, especially in a city like Hong Kong where there's such, such an emphasis on control. Mm -hmm. um, not having that and not knowing what's to come tomorrow and how I can't assert myself in order to control the result is, is painstakingly difficult for people. Mm -hmm. So I've seen that. I've seen actually quite a number of early onset dementia cases as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. And just, you know, brain fog, um, that sluggishness in, in cognitive ability. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I see on a daily basis, the chronic pain and lower back pain, chronic pain around shoulders and neck. Of course, it's also due to posture, right? What are we doing? So much of our day, we're just hunched over our desk, we're hunched over our screen. It's no longer like the ergonomical setup we might have had at work. It's just making do with any corner we can find in our homes. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely what I've seen as well. Um, hip, hip impingements, just basically... I would say just the occupational kind of result to a lack of mobility as well. Yeah, this is, I can totally see. So all of this, when you think of the brain fog or cognitive issues, pain in the back and the body, this to me uh, says inflammation, like there's yeah. inflammation going on and, and that's a stress. It's a stress on the body. So the idea and the thing I'd like to talk to you about today is okay, what can we do from an Ayurvedic perspective to lower this inflammation, something different, something new, something that people haven't tried, not just popping an ibuprofen to yeah. make that pain go away. What are you using? And maybe you can explain a little bit what is Ayurveda because maybe some people are not familiar with it. So I have definitely seen that, you know, it's also an overrun in terms of the sympathetic nervous system where there's an inability to switch off and to relax and to sleep. And that's so much of when the restoration happens. That's so much when the cell repair happens, you know? Mm -hmm. And so having that compounding where there is an inflammation, but then there's no drainage either um, is like a double, you know, it's double affecting um, in terms of the body. And I've seen as well, a lot of our clients, you're stuck at home, you want some respite, what do you do? You might just end up finding um, what you eat as a way of kind of escaping, you know? And so people just end up picking up 
something processed, something sweet, um, just for <laughs> alcohol, absolutely, as a way of almost like switching off from the stress that they're experiencing. But what ha we both know what happens when it comes to inflammation, alcohol, and sugar, right? It's just exacerbates the, the problem. So I've really had to talk them a, a little bit more in terms of just lifestyle choices and the awareness of how our choices are so interconnected to our results, mm -hmm. you know? And so if we're suffering on a baseline because there's stress, running away from it or thinking we'll find solace in a tub of ice cream, you're actually doing more harm to yourself, mm -hmm. right? Um, so what Ayurveda actually says, uh, it, Ayurveda is the life science and yoga is actually, it's more of the unification of body and mind mm -hmm. where you're kind of becoming more centered, becoming more present. Ayurveda is helping to kind of prevent the problem before it even happens. Mm -hmm. So it's really fundamentally based on balance. Mm -hmm. So there are two parts of Ayurveda. So there's the Prakriti, which is your constitution when you were born. Mm -hmm. And I'll go through this a little bit more in detail. And then there's Vrikriti, which is your current, like if you kind of did a litmus test, it's what you're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. So this is your optimal. And then your Vrikriti might pick up any imbalances because you're not working around your optimal. Mm -hmm. And so working with these two, helps so much to really understand what the person is going through and their appetites, their capacity to, you know, um, to metabolize, how much sleep do they really need? Because we know it's, it's so individualistic, right? Mm -hmm. We can put one person on one diet. We can put another person on the same diet and see day and night results, right? And different results. Mm -hmm. And so it's coming back to understand we as um, a body and a mind, we're very, very individual. And so mm -hmm. understanding and ascertaining what does it mean for me to be balanced? What is my threshold for stress is very different from maybe my partner's. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not comparative whatsoever. It's much more coming from a place of awareness and introspection to be honest with yourself. When is too much really too much, right? Mm -hmm. um, because we often have a have a way of thinking, okay, well, they were able to kind of bang out four hours of weight training. I should be able to do it too. Or, and mm -hmm. understand, hey, it really depends. Like what, what condition are your joints in? What condition um, is your heart in, right? And so this, so this is exactly what Ayurveda does. It brings us back down to the fundamental elements Mm -hmm. So the elements of, uh, similar to Chinese medicine, earth, fire, air, space, water. Mm. Um, so there are three constitutions or known as doshas. Mm -hmm. And they, once you kind of figure out where your predominant dosha is, that's when you realize how to find your balance. Hey, I'm butting in for a quick second. If you enjoy the content brought to you in this podcast, consider supporting Hack My Age by becoming a patron on patreon.com. This is where you can drop a tip or become a member for the price of a coffee. Members get special material, free coaching, and private Zoom calls. Join us by going to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash hack my age. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. Mm. 
Interesting. So I think this is so new for some people to understand because a lot of, um, I think people I run into, well, Ayurveda is Ayurvedic medicine or so they think, yeah. oh, it's turmeric or some kind Absolutely. of ashwagandha tea and, and, and that, explain a little bit the differences, you know, what, where, where does that fit in in Ayurveda in terms of lowering inflammation and, and, and what you were talking about, the balance and can anyone just take that and that's going to solve other problems or do they need to do other things? Yeah, that's an awesome question, Zara. And I think I also get run into a lot when it comes to, you know, speaking into Ayurveda because, you know, I'm a, like a very holistic wellness practitioner. I'm not an Ayurvedic doctor, mm -hmm. but I know in terms of Ayurveda, mm -hmm. prescribing herbs is your last port of contact. It's your last call you know, when nothing else has happened. Before you ingest any herb, before you just take medicine, there's a whole host of lifestyle choices um, and changes and conscious decisions you make around, okay, what, what breath work am I doing? What am I doing to release the stress? What am I doing um, to, to get the right nutrition? What am I getting to get the right rest, you know? And so- But it's so much easier to take a tea. <laughs> absolutely. It is way easier to take the tea, but it's in that way, it's almost like using the Ayurvedic drugs or herbs as paracetamol. You're just mm -hmm. popping a pill and going on with your day. Are we really examining the root cause? Are we really being truly holistic about it and understanding where is it stemming from? What is it that's triggering me? And how can I, how can I resolve this rather than keep masking myself through things that I'm ingesting in order to, you know, be bayside from my symptoms. Mm. So you don't want to take that same symptomatic approach to something so holistic because then you're watering it down right yeah and so um the way we work is a lot of it is around breath work because so if you don't mind i'll walk you through through the three doshas yeah. and then i'll give you some pointers as to how to balance when um, there's an imbalance in those three doshas yes, so please. there's vata which is an imbalance of air element vata so v-a-t-t-a right yeah or, exactly okay. or v-a-t-a yeah uh -huh. so vata is a predominance of air element and so this is when i see most actually um in my clients and because it's so connected to anxiety mm. so think about what's happening to the speed of our thoughts right it's so, it's moving so fast like air um, there, it, you're lacking that sense of grounding, right? Yeah. And so you're all in your head and you're thinking and you're thinking and you're overthinking and you're reliving things. Uh, you're away from the physicality of it. So yeah. this is a vata imbalance. And what I see manifesting physically when it comes to a vata imbalance is actually a, a disproportion of air. And so it's, I would, um, prescribed like a breathing exercise focused much deeper, like slow, deep breaths into the belly. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen a lot of, you know, um, indigestion come from vata imbalances, a lot of um, 
excess air elements or flatulence, a lot of joint pain, also air in you know, the structure. Hmm. So this is all an indication that, that here is your underlying imbalance. Is, now, if that's... Go ahead. Hmm, and if that's your underlying imbalance, then don't you think working on quieting the mind would be much more effective than having a turmeric tea every night? Yes. You know, because then you're working around bringing a sense of balance, bringing the body and the mind together, connecting to your breath. Again, what is the breath? It is not nothing but the movement of air, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. from the moment we're born to the moment we die, we're breathing all the time. Yes. What is the compounding impact of our breath versus three meals a day mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. terms of the nutrition, right? So if we can change something as simple as the breath, it will have a profound impact because we're doing it all the time. So and when so you prescribe a breath work, say, is there, a, are you teaching someone how to breathe throughout the day or are you saying take five minutes out and do some deep breathing or an as needed basis what does a sort of prescription look like so for for the vata it will start um as like maybe say 10 minutes every six hours do this breathing exercise do slow deep belly breathing and if possible try to bring ujjayi breathing into that as well so that's what I would prescribe for somebody who has a vata imbalance because it's so unnatural to them. They're mm -hmm. so used to breathing um, shallow and you know, slow, uh, faster in its rhythm that it'll, it takes almost an entraining. So once you do it, say 15 minutes every six hours, then you do that every day. You do that for three, four months, and then you start to realize, hey, in my resting, I'm actually not breathing up here anymore. My breath is starting to habituate the belly breath. Mm -hmm. And so as with anything, it takes discipline and the initial part takes a lot of consistency, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's how we would guide it. We would say, do it frequently and regularly in order for your body's rhythm to start naturalizing. If you've been breathing up into your chest short and shallow for the last 40 years, don't expect by doing one exercise, uh, all of a sudden this imbalance is gone, right? It takes compounding. It takes regularity and discipline. Yeah. How long do you see it take your clients before they start to really make it a habit or see some benefits from it? So I, I, you know, really ask for a commitment for at least 21 days to have this habit instilled. Um, but the thing is, what's wonderful is that when you do it for 10 minutes a day, you will see an instant change. Mm. So when you see your instant result, you're much more motivated to do it again. Yeah. Right. And so that's how that habit starts to formulate and, you know, pick up steam, so to speak. So I, um, so then at the end of the 21 days, they already realize the change it has made so that if they do miss it, they realize, hey, I feel out of imbalance because, hey, I forgot to I forgot to do my breathing. Yeah. So already they're starting to connect the dots where before they weren't even aware of, mm -hmm. which to me is a milestone. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the breath, I've been reading a very interesting book called The Oxygen Advantage. Have you heard of it? 
I haven't actually. It's quite circulating in the wellness circles and uh, it's by Patrick McCown and he talks about his big thing is we are over breathers. We breathe too much through our mouth and yeah. he says miracles can happen when you start breathing through the nose. Mm. What is your, are you, are you teaching nose breathing or is that just a whole other component? This is the, the, the fundamental of uh, yoga. It's always nose breathing. You cannot do ujjayi with your mouth open. Ah. You're always using, um, you know, the esophagus in the back of your throat to feel the breath. And if you're breathing through your mouth, you've already passed a lot of that, um, a lot of that feeling. So I, you know, also carbon dioxide is a vasodilator. Like it is very important. And that balance again is very important. So I definitely... I definitely propagate nose breathing. Um, even when we sleep, a lot of the time I see this inflammation, this chronic tension and pain and waking up lethargic and groggy because they've been wait, they've been breathing through their mouth the whole day, uh, mm. the whole night, mm -hmm. you know, um, even in terms of like chakra theory or Chinese medicine, mm -hmm. the front half of your body is, uh, is yang. So it's your individual component, the back, or it's the active component. See, the back half of your body, the back of your body is yin, right? Mm -hmm. And so we know it's all about balance of yin and yang, active and passive energy. Mm -hmm. What, how do we connect the back of the body with the front of the body? Mm -hmm. You can only connect it when your tongue is at the roof of your mouth, then there's a circuit, there's a flow of energy. And so yeah. if your tongue is at the roof of your mouth, your only access point for breath is your nose. Yes, I have my tongue on the roof of my mouth right now. Yeah, <laughs> you can feel it. It totally coincides with what he's saying. And uh, he's the same thing he says throughout the day, breathing through the nose, when you sleep through the nose, even when you exercise intensively, which is not so easy, mm -hmm breathe through the mm. nose and if you need to take a break you can um you know just lower the intensity until you can breathe through the nose so i've been training like that too and it's yeah. not easy but that's cool that it coincides the other thing that he talks about maybe you can um mention this is a comment on that is um breath holding is there anything in ayurveda about breath holding and and lowering stress and inflammation absolutely absolutely so we always breathe in a count so we will maybe say, um, depending on the client and their initial uh, diagnosis and their lung capacity, we, we'll breathe in a count. Say you breathe in for four counts mm -hmm. and then you'll hold it for four counts. Then you exhale for eight counts. So again, you're increasing, um, you're actually decreasing the, the pace in which you breathe out. So it's much slower and much more mindful. Mm -hmm. And then um, at the end of your exhalation, you hold it again. You hold it for about four counts. And as you get more and more um, experience, you hold it for 12 counts. Mm -hmm. So this is again, in, in yoga, you don't have two stages of the breath. It's not inhale, exhale. There are four stages of the breath. Inhale, full retention, exhale, empty retention. Mm. So this is, uh, you know, this is oh, okay. thousands of years philosophy. So it's really great to see the science come together. 
That's amazing. So uh, we've only got five more minutes left. So I want you to go cover anything else that we need to know about Ayurveda, lowering inflammation. Okay. Okay. So in terms of Ayurveda and inflammation, we spoke about Vata being the air imbalance. And I've seen this a lot. And, you know, we, where do we, most of us live, right? We're living in the sky. There's already much more of an element of air in our environment than the grounding right? And the grounding is from kapha, which is the earth element. But what's the missing? The third missing one is pitta. This is the fire element. And we know when it comes to uh, inflammation, it's that fire, it's that pain, it's the inflammation, right? And so it's connected so much to the to pitta, which is the fire element being imbalanced. Mm. And this can be due to obviously stress, but also breathing, um, really shallow into your chest, feeling your heart palpitate. You know, this is again where we're not conscious. So even when I train breathing through your nose while we walk, we're doing it um, mindfully. We're doing it slowly. And then as you're restricting the oxygen flow, you're already feeling your cardio workout coming from there anyway. But then Pitta, uh, if there is a Pitta imbalance, then I really beg that you examine how much, um, how much you're ingesting of things that are aggravating the pitta, like alcohol, like meat, like spicy food, uh, salt, you know, all these things that end up creating this imbalance, compounding with this, um, with the show, uh, with the shallow fast breath. And then if there is even a slight imbalance of vata, what happens when you add air to fire? it blows up, right? Mm -hmm. So you're adding to the inflammation hmm. and it, it aggravates it. So in this case, when there is inflammation, then I always recommend, you know, doing some grounding work, you know, connecting back to your body, slowing down the breath, breathing deeper into the belly, breathing into the rib cage. So you feel the rib cage fan out. And, um, and that's, and that's where we can also kind of connect body and mind so that, we harmonize in uh, on a holistic, on a root level basis too. Oh, interesting. I'm sure there's so much more to this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can go on for days when it comes to the Ayurvedic constitutions. It's also very, you know, it's not that it, it's, this is a snapshot, but it's not like it is a static, you know, we will have imbalances or we will have predominant constitutions with age. So as a baby, your predominant in, uh, like constitution would be kapha, would be grounding. You're more clingy to your parents. Um, you know, it's, there's heaviness. There's a lot more uh, fat and uh, even in terms of like the way of the formation. And then as you get older, it goes into pitta. And this is the regular form bodies. This is the, even in the mind, it's like the doer, the driver, the, the fire to, to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then in the old age, you see much more vata, the brittleness that comes with uh, an imbalance of air. Mm -hmm. So knowing that there's also this sense of a change with time. Um, and even, even in the day, there's a change. You know, there are times like 6 to 10 a.m., that's a kapha time. That's uh, a grounding time. Mm. And then 10 to 2, 
that's pitta. That's where you want to do something. That's when you're ready, you know, and then two to six, that's a vata time. I don't know if you've ever tried like waking up at different times, but I found waking up before six and I can spring out of bed. If I wake up after six, I'm in the kapha zone. I'm in the earthy, sluggish, sleepy zone. It's much harder to get out of bed. Mm. So there's also just even noticing how your energy responds during the day will give you insight to what constitution is at play. Oh my God. I think we need to have another call because it sounds like <laughs> there's just so much. So what I took away from this is that we are, in terms of Ayurveda, the breath the breath is super important. And, and I know you covered a little bit the grounding as well, but learning how to breathe to me is the big takeaway here in terms Absolutely. of lowering inflammation, managing your stress. And I yeah. think the, the tips you gave slowing here, it down. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the turmeric and the ashwagandha teas are little slap ons at the end of that. It's not a quick solution. It's, it's just kind of suppressing the more the, the root. Yeah. The, root, the problem. Is there anything else, um, you, that we need to know, um, before I, I share with more how people can get in touch with you? I think it's really just at a time like this, it's important to just be honest with ourselves. You know, we end up having all these kind of checklists of, okay, this is what's healthy. This is what I need to get done. And that in itself can cause so much stress. When we listen to ourselves and we listen to our bodies, we will know, we will get that insight. Okay, it's too much. It's time to slow down. So you'll actually welcome those those breathing exercises. Not that it's one more thing to get off your to-do list of the day, but something to, that you see can actually propel your energy and get you through the day with much more ease um, in terms of giving you that boost of giving you that boost of energy because you're getting those micro doses of rest, mm -hmm. which is really important to balance, right? Oh, it's all about balance. Thank you so much. I want people to connect with you. Uh, I think the best way would be on your website, which is www.inspired-yoga.com or .hk. Correct. No, .com. .com. And you are also on Instagram posting lovely things called um, Inspire Yoga Official, right? That's right. Is yep. there anywhere else where people can find you? Um, you um, all right. Facebook handle is the same in, in Inspire Yoga Official. And then if you just add me on LinkedIn as well, Neelam Harjani, I'm always kind of updating the philosophy of yoga with the, with the science that, you know, how it comes together and it's working in tandem to show the balance and how that's, that foundation is so important. Excellent. Do you still have your book out there, Living Stress? Yep. Yeah, secrets to stress free. So yeah, five free techniques for you to pick up. Um, just munch on, digest, try out at home. You know, no better way to to do it now. So just go through it. There's pages and pages of really useful, but also really easy ways to that you can inculcate in your day. So um, that's out. We've we've got a free. Um, 10-day course on the website as well. We have a full program. It's a nine-week program in terms of transformation, mm -hmm. um, transforming stress to success. So how we can come from using our stress because we don't want to get rid of it, but how can we use it to really engender um, 
an optimal balance that we're craving. I love it. So all we, all this stuff you can find on your website. Thank you yeah. so Inspire much. Yoga. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you're amazing. I think we need a part two to this. Um, so <laughs> hopefully we'll see you again. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm, it's always such a pleasure to see you, Zara. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, did you enjoy the podcast? Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of all the new episodes and leave a review to help build the tribe. It's a small act of kindness that brings me big benefits and helps others find this amazing content. The best thing you can do is share. Sharing is caring. Statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Anything we say or products we mention are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for personal medical advice and not intended to replace a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the personal research and experience of me and my guests.